0: This is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At gotodobs.com shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobs.com now. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a one-second pause in between the two, yes, just trying things out, meeting with consultants, just trying to make it work. Just trying to hanging on for dear life here, Jackson. We're getting there though. Are we? <laughs> Slowly but surely. Uh welcome into Balloon Party DBA Yuppie in the Douchebag. DBA the winning answer yesterday, according to Jackson, who's observing polls on the names of the show Tim and Boy, here on 101. ESPN Jackson, are you uh, are you ready? Do you want it? Yeah, born
2: ready, always want it. Okay. Thoughts on the Blues and Capitals last night? A big W. Big W. What was your favorite part? Uh, it certainly wasn't the Capitals' uniforms. Ugh. <laughs> White shoulder pads. What are we doing? It looks awful.
1: Why did this turn into like Mister Blackwell's fashion reviews? What that tells me is you glanced at the game. You thought I'd you know what I'll give a uniform take because then it'll make like I watched, and then you went and watched highlights of the one of the Warriors Cavs NBA finals. Nah, Nixon Hawks. Probably Hawk. two thousand sixteen.
2: Nixon Hawks last night. But um I was at a restaurant with my friends. What restaurant were you at? Library. Oh, Sports Bar and Grill, right oh, at across the street. Really? All yeah, right, yeah. nice play. Yeah, really good stuff. And uh and the first period was on when I was there, so I watched that and then promptly headed home and like I said, Madison Square Garden, Trey Young's return, that's what I watched.
1: Unapologetically.
2: Uh, I'm not going to lie.
1: My wife, holding a seven-week-old, said, hey, do you have a minute to talk? I said, yes, comma, lady, period, <laughs> because I'm respectful. And I said, but you're going to need to come downstairs because it's the final nine minutes of the Blues game. Mm-hmm. And I, as the host of a show on 101 ESPN and, of course, the big leagues, HD2, right. 105.7 HD2, right. not to humble brag. Uh, I have to watch the game because I have a responsibility to the listeners to know what I'm talking about, not just talk about the Caps' white shoulder pads.
2: But you will admit those were bad.
1: i got to be honest with you, though, and I, I didn't spend a whole lot of time on them. Two things bother me in the uniform world. Do you know what they are?
2: Uh, the not Wearing red caps on the road for the Cardinals. For, yes. It really not... bothers me, and
1: I'm uncomfortable with how much it bothers me. Mm-hmm. Then, I prefer the Navy caps for the record.
2: Right. And then uh, the Missouri Tigers not wearing enough gold pant.
1: I like the gold pant. I just – I'm confused by the new uniform thing every week. Right. And I think if you, that is how you are recruiting people, it doesn't speak much for the message in order to get people to Columbia. Digressing. I didn't mind the Capitals uniforms, honestly. But what I took away from it wasn't necessarily the Capitals uniforms – I gotta tell you, the addition of Nick Letty already having some value.
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: really did look good.
2: Yeah, in the first period, I saw, I saw they they would like highlight him, like show him just him. And so like, you're happy with the work of the director on Ballet Sports? Well, he looked like he knew what he was doing. But to be fair, everyone seems like to know what they look like they're doing. So <laughs> I saw Tory Crew get his hand slashed, and he can't. Kind of, he kept skating and had the puck on his stick. And then impressive. he had to shut
1: it down. That's the concern from last right, night, and hopefully right. that is not a serious thing. Because right. otherwise, one of the best ways to gauge, and I think you can find a track record of this, how a team responds to a trade. And granted, this is not as significant as, say, what went on in Hollywood, Florida, for example, with how aggressive the Panthers were. But with the Blues making a trade for a guy who's super popular in, in Sunquist, and then bringing in a, a veteran is what you see right away, how the team responds. And they're playing a good team. And even though they've had some rough outings against some subpar teams, they're playing a good team in their building. And the Blues had not been playing really well. And overall, in particular in the second, third period, but overall that was a really good game. That was a really good game. And Nick Letty uh was a part of the success in a key way. And that's exciting to see because if Krug is not hurt for the long haul, and if you do have somebody who actually can come in and maybe regain form he had pre-Detroit, uh, that would be a big addiction. And really, I think it would be a windfall from the standpoint of uh, Blues fans because I don't think too many people are like, oh, good, this is the move that puts them over the top. So if he finds his stride by being with the Blues and the Blues now take off, that would be uh, quite a break because I don't think necessarily when the move was made, people were like, okay, good, now they're ready to go. I think if you would have gotten that from one of the bigger names in game one, you would have been fired up. So it's interesting always to see how a team performs fresh off the trade deadline and to have a performance like that was super encouraging that's a really good win That's a good win to stop the bleeding now you get some games at home uh blues and flyers tomorrow night pregame 6 p.m here on 101 espn and uh then you got the hurricanes and then you got the canucks and then off to vancouver you go and see what you can do here over the next few nights and see what kind of impact uh letty continues to have key thing here of course uh, Tory Krug and what his health status is, because that was uh, that was a weird one. That's that's not the way you usually see a guy go off. Right. Yeah. He's just skating around with the puck, and then he just passes it back and just heads right to the uh, Hustles, to the yeah. tunnel. Not even to where the de- defenseman would go. He just goes right to the tunnel, and that that's enough. So that was the end of it. it was termed an upper body injury. Anybody watching the game could see it was a uh, an injury to his left hand. Uh Jackson could just see that uh, the Capitals had. Uh, white shoulder pads on Uh, no Jackson I can assure you that everyone looks like they know what they are doing I've listened to yuppie in the douchebag before that's from the 618
2: okay (laughs) so you're saying I don't know what I'm doing got it well can't argue with that
1: I was at the game last night a lot of blues fans here in DC that's from the 660 I would agree that was uh that was that was I was, t- I was happy, but taken mm-hmm. aback. So I don't know if that's the right word for it. Because if you're taken aback, you're not happy, right?
2: I was surprised. I, th- I don't know if it can... if it. Uh... Can, you be, can you be taken aback in a
1: positive sense? Yeah,
2: I don't think it necessarily conveys emotion. It's just you were taken aback. So let's say the Caps
1: were here and the game was at the Enterprise Center. Sure. And they score one of their goals. And you hear that kind of response. I think Blues fans would have been like, wow, there's a lot of Caps fans here. I would imagine a lot of Caps fans last night in D.C. were going, whoa. lot of blues fans here but there were a lot of blues fans present and making noise uh hey jackson uh were you born on a highway because that's where most mistakes and accidents happen that's from the
2: 314 yeah good one uh couch i don't know no wasn't born on a highway Good one, though. You guys could do wonders for your local
1: show if Jackson watched anything local. Nobody in the STL gives two S's about Trey Young and his thinning hair. That's from the 636. Yeah, we do are share you, that. We do share that. Are you, are you watching Trey Young because you were experiencing the early stages of male pattern baldness together?
2: Yeah, he he's like a symbol of hope for all of us, at, uh, you know, under 25 with thinning hair. If you can drop 45 in the garden with a couple bald spots— Confidence sky high.
1: Do you think he's going to go your route and tend to it? As I believe you are, you've hinted that you're going to uh, tend yeah, to Sunday Charge
2: here, or shave it. Uh, I don't. I think he's going to ride with this for. <laughs> he's
1: going to go, Clyde
2: Drexler. In? Well, he's had it since Oklahoma, so I think he's going to ride it out until it finally calls quits. But I don't. I think he's going to ride it. There. If he was going to do something, he should have done it by now. He makes good money.
1: Let me ask the ladies of the show uh, audience a question. Right. Because I feel like I know the answer because I have both of these things going. If you're a lady and you are interested in a gentleman, what is the bigger strike against him? He's under 5'10", or he is experiencing male pattern baldness?
2: Uh, Male pattern baldness. God, I think you're wrong on that. I, and I think you're thinking
1: that because you have the male pattern baldness, but right. you're on the other side of five. Right, ten.
2: I, we're opposite. Well, we'll no, be, I got we'll, both things you got going both. against yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. But five, like nine or five eight, is average height in America for men. It's not. Yeah, I, I, I
1: hear that, <laughs> but, but I don't really <laughs> feel like I experience that. I don't know what the deal with it is. I, I hear that. Right. And maybe there's just, like, a few states of short people that I haven't traveled, like the Dakotas, right. full of shorter that's people. What you need to, that's and that's what balances out this average. Right, maybe. Uh, Tim, when Boy talks NBA, can you turn the music up to drown him out? Banks in advance, that's from
2: Brad and Boca. Well, as we learned yesterday, I control the music beds, and sometimes right. I fail to do yeah, my a job. Uh, so, uh, so no, that would, that's not an option.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, my cap fans uh, were f- surprised by how many uh blues fans were in attendance uh and there were some blues fans in the bars before and after yeah i was i mean that was truly something that i didn't expect going into the game i didn't know that that would be present when the blues were in new york playing at the garden mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago a lot of blues fans there i kind of get that whether it be right. st louis transplants now living in the tri-state area or just people going out oh, let's go up to new york city and For see sure. the blues play at madison square garden i got that when the washington turnout. You know, that was, uh, that was something that I was surprised by. Uh, let's see. Jackson, I have no issues with you watching the NBA the way the Blues have been playing lately, losing seven out of ten games. But if you ever need help going to sleep, turn on the Blues game. Hashtag Go Hurricanes. We have a Carolina Hurricanes fan.
2: Yeah, everyone turn that's their surprising. attention to him. I'm
1: surprised. I'm surprised that that's going on. But maybe on Saturday night, when the Canes are here, uh-huh. there'll be a big Carolina Hurricanes presence in the building, and Blues fans will well, turn maybe. around and go, oh,
2: wow. Oh, yeah, Maybe.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Uh, all right. Uh, male pattern bald. We're getting answers to our question. Male pattern baldness means extra t- testosterone. That means more manly. I've that's heard one that one. You haven't heard? Oh, I've definitely heard. Really? That. No, I've never heard that. I don't. I think it's similar to the average height is five eight. I don't think it's true, <laughs> okay. but I've certainly heard it.
2: Right. Well, I believe
1: that if you are a lady, the in two thousand twenty two, where I think male pattern baldness guys shave their heads. It's what I do mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. Uh, that I don't think that's as big as a problem as the height thing. that's my that's my opinion.
2: Huh. there's I, but there's like ways to kind of get around the male parent baldness, whether that be like me making a sunday charge or wearing a hat like making a
1: sunday charge is so cryptic i I have no idea what you're talking i really don't know what
2: you're talking about
1: i don't know if you're going to come in here one day with like a whole new head of hair and i'm gonna have to act like i don't see
2: it no 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 no. they won't be it'll be gradual but uh, oh wow okay so you're getting a procedure stay tuned six months we'll talk wow Uh, but you can also wear a hat like you're doing today if you're i've been wearing a hat though since i had a full head of hair i had long locks
1: when i was at the university of missouri
2: like all coming out the back that's right i did a little lettuce um but there's no real way though. If you're short, you're short. There's nothing. I mean, you're doomed. Yeah. There's nothing you can really do. You can wear lifts like Al Pacino in The Godfather, but
1: Al Pacino was wearing lifts in The Godfather. Is That say,
2: documented. They say in some scenes he's basically wearing boots, like like platform <laughs> shoes. Is that right? Well, because Jimmy, he's next to Jimmy Kahn, who's like six three. And is that? I didn't know Jimmy Kahn was six three.
1: Probably in '72. I'm gonna. Be, what, what do you think? Like he's down to five ten now? Well, I mean, shrinkage happens. No, I understand. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to get to the bottom of this. James Con Heights. I'm gonna take the under. Least. I don't. I don't know. This
2: is. He's five nine, man. Really? Wikipedia don't play. Pichino's only like five seven. He looks like he's t- a foot taller in The Godfather. I don't know what to tell Maybe you. Maybe they're both. Santino five nine. <laughs> he might be five nine wide, broad shoulders on that Jimmy Con. <laughs>
1: Uh Jackson, would you ever get a wig like George and Seinfeld? <laughs> peace. It's better just to shave it all. That's from the 314.
2: I wouldn't go peace. There's science out there. You don't have to go peace.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, 510 bald and dad body. I'm doing just fine. Aging like fine wine, better with time. That's from the 314. I'm not this isn't a this isn't a critique, because again, I am dealing with both not necessarily dealing with the dad bod, but I'm right. dealing with the the under five ten and the baldness. And what I'm asking is which one is a bigger strike. So I'm not critiquing because again, I have both things going against me. Mm-hmm. And I think you, Jackson, think the hair thing is a bigger deal because you're not experiencing
2: the height thing. Right. See what I'm saying? Right. And there's degrees to the hair thing. Like if it's bad, like where you got like nothing up top with like a bunch on the sides and stuff. But most guys and
1: you know, even yeah, my age range, much less your age range, aren't going to go with that male pattern baldness anymore. Right, right. That, that was like off. the shaving the head thing. Kind of took care of that. Uh-huh. I think Bruce Willis, yeah, helped the cause. Call. Michael Jordan helped the cause. Bruce
2: Willis and Die Hard, he uh, probably brought some people around. But yeah, I just think that you can style your hair, I guess. But in a lot of ways, man, sometimes when you got it bad and you haven't shaved it all off, it's worse than being like. Five, seven.
1: My wife loves my shaved head, but insists I have a goatee as well. That's from the six three. Yeah, that's a good
2: point too. Having a beard with completely shaved head is important. That's why I'm kind of nervous because I can't grow a beard.
1: What if you're under five six? Yikes! Yeah, that's that's a different degree. I get it.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Th- that is a different. Yeah, there's a difference between five seven and like five four is a big difference, even though it's only three inches.
1: I agree. Yeah. Yeah, Being I'm short sure. is worse because if you're a balding man, you can just shave your head and go with the bald look and it doesn't look so obvious, but you being short, you just can't change it. That's yeah, right. I
2: know. That's, that's, that's the but thesis. But again,
1: this is from the male perspective. I'm asking if you are a lady and you're going, okay, this is a sharp looking cat. This mm-hmm. guy's a sharp looking cat. You're right. talking like Billy D. Williams. <laughs> it's a sharp looking cat, but he's 5'8". Got a full head of hair. Looks like Rod Blagojevich. Right. Um, Looks like Quinn Snyder, okay? Yeah. Everything's wonderful there. Or you got a guy who's just six feet, so not even 6'3". Right, right. But he's got the shaved head. I'm telling you, with a great deal of confidence, the latter wins out. All I'm right. not even sweating this. I'd bet the bankroll on it, as a
2: matter of fact. All right. all right, all right. So I'm telling you, you're in a good spot. Yeah, I, it better, I'm better. i glad I had the height, because the hair is... A, is... Is becoming a problem. Like I said, Sunday charge. Stay tuned.
1: Savalas so and Brenner were ahead of their times. That's from the six three zero. My calves and ass cheeks are balding. Man, <laughs> help me. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, I don't know what to tell you on that one. Uh, it is 10-19 in St. Louis. Uh, coming up on today's uh, presentation, uh, we are uh, going to have uh, Jackson's uh, all-new uh, So Would Your Grandma Think open. He just keeps turning them out. And uh, we are going to be talking about the Cardinals in Jupiter and also the Blues and the win in Washington last night. And yesterday, Dennis Gates introduced in Columbia, Missouri. What'd you think? We'll talk about it all coming up on Balloon Party. This is 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Action Jackson, with you on the radio show. Uh, Talked about the blues and the wind last night. Jackson talked about the Capitals uniform, so that was insightful. All right. Uh, Tyler O'Neill said he was surprised. There was not going to use that word, not as an interpretation of his reaction, but as literally what he said. Uh, he was surprised there was not more urgency on the Cardinals' end to tend to his situation. He is actually going to be going to arbitration. Jack Flaherty's situation worked out. It's Tyler O'Neill's that is not worked out. And so the Cardinals are off to a start where they're going to arbitration with a two time gold glover who had a career. Year,
2: Um, Jackson, are you bullish on uh, Tyler O'Neill? More bullish than I would have been. Let's say the same time last year. Right, the output of the Cardinal outfielders
1: in 2022. Go, lil Tex
2: O'Neill, Carlson, Bader, Newt. Oh, you including uh, Lars Newt? Yeah, I'm including. No, nothing with that. Newt and Dickerson. I don't know enough about Dickerson to give a informed response on that, but. Of the four that were on the team before the Dickerson move, I'll go O'Neal, Carlson, Bader, Nupar.
1: I also get the Cardinals wanting to see another year. Uh, I'm surprised it got to the point of arbitration, though. I also share that surprise. I think that's another thing that's kind of throw another log on the fire as far as things that frustrate the fan base Mm -hmm. and uh, the chasm I talk about between the fan base and the Cardinal organization, um, as you see a bunch of moves being made around baseball and the Cardinals just kind of doing what the Cardinals are just kind of doing, which is adding pieces, for lack of a better term. Uh, and so one, one of the questions that uh, we are discussing here, and welcome your feedback as well, as describe your perspective about the disconnect between a healthy percentage of the Cardinal fan base and the front office. Why do you think there is a disconnect if indeed you think there is one? And what can the front office do to improve or repair their relationship with the fan base? So first off, the question is, in your opinion, do you think that there is a disconnect? I do think there is one. Mm-hmm. And secondly, uh, why do you think there is one? And I will elaborate on that in a moment. And what can the front office do to improve or repair the relationship with the fans? And so I think the reason that there is a disconnect is that there is a sense that the organization is not in it to win it, but rather in it to compete. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference. Right. And when fans are committing emotionally and financially to an organization and they don't feel like that is being reciprocated, that is is what creates the chasm. Sure. Now, contrary to what I think is actually the narrative throughout most of the Cardinal fan base who feels like the Cardinals are cheap, they actually have spent money. It's just been allocated being polite poorly, uh, and that goes back to the signing of Dexter Fowler in 2016. Brett Cecil can't argue that these guys at the time and Fowler in particular was the top free agent in in, in the outfield oh, yeah. that offseason. It sounds kind of like a joke now yeah. with the benefit of seeing what wound up happening, but that actually is factual following the 2016 season. And then they brought in Ozuna. And then they brought in Goldschmidt. And mm-hmm. then they brought in Arenado. Um And before that, Jason Hayward, albeit for one year. The problem has been... Whether those deals have been debacles or trading away people who you heard were going to be the future and then they fell short in St. Louis and then they wind up picking it up and laying it down in, in other places, uh, you can list a wide variety of those. Rosarina would be one at the top of the list for a lot of people um but you've had a number of these over the last eight years and so even though the team has by definition been competitive i don't know how you could even point to a a season since 2000 where they won't by definition in the mix for a playoff spot in september it hasn't felt like this is a team doing whatever they can to win and i believe that is what the source of the chasm is Um, and i don't know if you can really point to something here over the last few years where you go, that's where they made their all-in move. You got Nolan Arenado, no mm-hmm. question about that. You can't argue with that, man. But I think oftentimes the decision to either pivot off of a season and go, yeah, it's not happening, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna move on, or we're close. Let's get that piece. They haven't done that at the trade deadline in a long time, and I believe. It's the frustration surrounding the trade deadline and then hearing, well, this will allow them some flexibility in the offseason, and then nothing really ever happens as far as free agency goes in the offseason, and that, I believe, is what irritates Cardinal fans, and that's the clear difference between Blues fans, who might be irritated by what they perceive as to be a lackluster trade deadline, and Cardinal fans who have had this perpetuity of disappointment in July, surrounding the July thirty-first trade deadline.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think a lot of it is like you were alluding to is just talent evaluation. You know, they see guys like Randy rosarena killing in Tampa, Luke voigt New York now San Diego, and they just see that and they're like, and then they see like last year seeing Matt Carpenter getting paid and Dexter Fowler getting paid even though he was on the Angels, and they're like, man, there's all these young talent that were in the organization now not succeeding while a lot of the cardinal money is tied up in older vets who are either on the bench or on a different team and that would certainly frustrate them especially when the trade deadline move last year was getting two older pitchers
1: so th- i really thought this year jackson and, and this was just a miscalculation i guess i suppose the off season is not over but you know at this point i would truly be surprised but going into last year's off season My thought process was, and this is not necessarily the way business is done, but I do believe it's the way Bill DeWitt thinks, and that is legacy. Mm -hmm. So legacy-oriented. It's why Albert Pools almost did wind up getting a contract to stay here in 2011, which I would have totally disagreed with, not because I dislike Pools. I just thought it would have been a bad baseball business move. You have Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright's final year. Right. You have a team that certainly has the things of being a good team. My expectation was they were going to go out and do something to put this team in the best possible spot to win in 2022. And I don't know if anybody listening to this feels like they did that. Yeah. Now, you might still think they're a team that could get to the NLCS. You might even be super bullish and go, oh, I think this team can get to the World Series. And I suppose any team can, minus the Pirates and Reds and Orioles. But uh, the, the thought process that they were aggressive was what I thought was going to happen. And, you know, it right. just isn't what wound up playing out.
2: It seems like to me, and, you know, I'm sure plenty of teams in Major League Baseball run to this issue, is they kind of have a foot in two different camps because they have these legacy players, that which assuming will be their last season, while also trying to balance a prosperous future. And at what point do you go all in on one camp? Where do you say we're planning for the future? When do you say we won't win this very moment? And I think that is kind of where a disconnect may lie because we're not really sure what the Cardinals' plan for the future is or what the plan for this season is because if you go by the moves they've made this offseason, there's no real clear answer to that.
1: And I would wonder if the division were more aggressive, if Mm. the Cardinals would have been more aggressive, or if they're going, okay, We really just have to beat out one team, and we are in the tournament. Yeah. And we have been the best team in baseball and got knocked out in the first round of the tournament, and we have been the, I don't want to call it worst team, but the least accomplished team in the postseason tournament, and we've won the World Series. Yeah. And you can make the case that happened twice.
2: Right, 06 and 11. Right. Yeah.
1: So, so along, and then you know, take a pick of whatever year you'd want to cite. Eighty-five, oh four. Oh, I think the 09 team is right. underrated in Cardinal lore, mm-hmm. uh, and they were swept out in the first round. Yeah. So just get into the tournament, and we'll take our shot. You don't know who's going to be healthy at that time. You don't know who's going to be hot at that time. David Freeze certainly was not hot when the twenty eleven postseason got going, and then all of a sudden, David Freeze. Yeah, you can't get him out uh, toward the end of the NLCS, and. Uh, in, in the World Series, or NLDS, and then throughout the NLCS and the World Series. So with all of that said, I think the benefit of experiencing a world championship in 2006 and 2011 actually has played a role in costing fans who want to see the team be aggressive because it's set in the mind of the organization something that mathematically is not as common as it appears to be, right. and that is if you can just get in, you right. can win. Right. But then again, you look at the Braves last year and they by no means the team that anybody was picking and they mm-hmm. win the World Series. But what winds up happening is if you think that lightning can strike twice, and then it does in fact strike twice, you go, well, let's just get into the thing. Right. Plus, the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds are clearly not competing this year, so if we can just beat out the Brewers or take advantage of those divisional opponents and win enough games to get a wild card spot, we're in the tournament. Right. And we'll take our chances once we get into the tournament.
2: Yeah, without sacrificing the future.
1: And so I think I think that's why the chasm exists. Mm-hmm. I think the chasm is actually more the frustration if you want to use that, not like the term chasm. The frustration is actually more about a lack of feeling like when they're kind of there but not not quite there, they don't do, Something to get themselves in the camp of being more likely to win in July. So I think the frustration actually carries over from a lack of July activity to believing, as did I, mm-hmm. that something was going to happen in the offseason and the offseason's relatively lackluster. I also think, to apply it to a more big picture standpoint, that I think for some in the St. Louis region, when you don't have players wanting to come here as free agents it's bigger than baseball psychology Mm -hmm. and by that I mean you hear plenty of negative things about the St. Louis metropolitan area and it would mean a lot I think for some people and this may be subconsciously that if a player who could choose to live in LA or New York or South Florida or Dallas or Denver or Chicago or take your pick of whatever cosmopolitan city San Francisco Seattle chooses to live in St. Louis And recently, free agency-wise, the creme de la creme has not chosen. Sure. Now, one would say, well, that's because the Cardinals aren't offering the most money. But you had the weird spot with Jason Hayward turning down more money to go play for the Cubs. And I think that kind of got it going. I think there's also a wing of the fan base that four years earlier wanted to see the Cardinals sign Pujols. It didn't matter what the deal was. I was totally not in that camp. Again, not anti-Pujols. But just thought it would be bad baseball business. So that I think is why these are a couple of the reasons why I believe it exists. It does exist. Uh, I think that winning streak last year really softened what was at the time one of the more tense times between the organization and the fan base. Yeah. And that winning streak made it go away. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know where people are on this, but, you know, was it worth to you the one the one game playoff to kind of color over how bad overall the year right, was? Right, right. Uh, because I think that kind of got the Cardinals a bit of a get-out-of-jail-free card. Right. That, oh, well, we were a playoff team, and we were a playoff team in 2020, and we were a playoff team in 2019, so, you know, we're right there. And the thing is, this year with the division being the way it is, they might be right there again, theoretically, yeah. Yeah, but not necessarily so. because of quality, but more smoke and mirrors. Your thoughts are welcome. Six, five, seven, eight, zero, six, five, seven, eight, zero. You're welcome to comment on the air comfort service text line. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Action Jackson. This is Tim and Boy on 101 ESPN.
0: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
1: Welcome to uh, Tim and Lil Tex on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan with you here on the show, a show that solicits your involvement. 65780 Air Comfort Service Text Line. What about a mic drop, Jackson? Presented by Rhino
2: Shield. Yeah, send them on in right there on the app. <laughs> hey, uh,
1: before we have So Would Your Grandma Think coming up to wrap up the program, uh, Dennis Gates introduced yesterday in Columbia, Missouri as the new head coach of the Missouri basketball team. Jackson, you are Mr. Missouri basketball. You're Mr. Show Me Basketball. What did you think? Be honest with me, because if you start BSing me, I'm going to be able to own your soul Bennett. like Phil Ivey. What do you think?
2: Um, I mean, I... My general thoughts on coaches' introductory press conferences is not to take anything really from it. I mean, whether you expect them to say, like, yeah, we'll be a middling team in the SEC. Like, no, they, you expect them to say, well, I'm going to do everything in my power to bring a championship to Columbia or whatever school they're being introduced at. So I don't really take too much stock either way from it. Uh, he said a lot of words yesterday, and I don't know. He some, said a lot of words, you say. Right, like a lot of it was kind of cliche, like coaching cliches. But I think I, I like his general excitement. I think that's good. You know, I think it's, uh, he's hungry. It's clear he's hungry. And uh, I think we'll see, I'll, I'll know a lot more come, you know, non-conference play in 2022. Let's
1: take a listen to a clip of Dennis Gates yesterday in Columbia, Missouri, being introduced as the 20th head coach of Missouri basketball.
2: Yeah,
3: I, I've done it at Florida State. That's a great question. The same philosophy. I, I, I did that at Florida State. And I, again, was prepared uh, by my mentors, the first most important thing in it all is to, to break down the barriers between young people, their dreams, aspirations. We have to allow th- what, what they see in a distant to be right in front of them because every decision matters. We have to be able to be their psychologist, their psychiatrist. We have to be able to be their, that person that they can lean on. The true judgment in me is that moment that they decide to trust their career in my hands. They play hard because they know one day they'll invite me to their wedding. I'm sitting behind their parents. They'll know one day when it's time to retire that they'll call me and say, Coach, what do you think? That trust is important. And without that trust, you cannot build anything. So that's how I plan on doing it. With trust, which is one of our core values.
1: It's Dennis Gates talking yesterday in Columbia, Missouri. So if you're just kind of listening, and all of a sudden you go, "Hold on a second, what are you talk about the wedding thing?" You go, what is, "What is what is that?" But I actually, when you when you listen to it, I think it catches you off guard. But when you listen to it, I get what he's trying to say and what he is saying, and that a great relationship between a coach and player is built on trust. Right. Um, I think. One of the keys to the Blues' 2019 Stanley Cup run was the manner with which Craig Berube managed the players. And I think even when there was news that they didn't like, I mean, the, the postseason hometown hero was a healthy scratch for a period of time, um, but there was direct communication, and you didn't feel like you were getting backdoored. You didn't feel like you were being told one thing, and then the organization was doing another thing. And that is super important when you're talking about 18, 19, 20, 21-year-olds. And so I get what he's saying. There there are two things that stood out to me that I liked. And I agree it's a, it's a press conference. A guy can win the press conference and then it doesn't matter when the time comes and you're judging what happens on the the court, the field, the ice, the floor, whatever whatever. So, two things that I really liked, um, and maybe this is a maybe there's nothing to it, mm-hmm. but I liked that he talked about winning a national championship. And and I know at, at the moment that seems Absurd. Uh, I would point to Iowa State, which was a total dumpster fire. Oh yeah, it's like two wins. Right, and you know, not to say that I think anybody's picking Iowa State to win. No. You know, but they're still going
2: Sweet Sixteen.
1: Uh, and that was a very quick turnaround. Absolutely. Secondarily, uh, so so it's uh, this is more geared toward Missouri football. This is where I get a little worked up on Missouri football, and I think I sometimes have a, a disagreement with some Missouri football fans. In order for you to accomplish greatness, you have to visualize it at the time when it seems ridiculous. And so talking about winning a national championship, recognizing, let's win a national championship this year, but the believing it's possible, it absolutely can happen in Missouri. It absolutely can happen even though it sounds at this moment like a joke. And then secondarily, something that I appreciated. And I'll tell you where I draw a parallel to It doesn't mean it's going to work out the same way as his era did, but... Dennis Gates, a couple of different times, referenced his time at Cleveland State. Mm -hmm. Cleveland State, it's not like he's coming from Florida State. No. He's coming from Cleveland State. Of course, a lot of his time was at Florida State, but he's talking from Cleveland State. He he went out of his way to thank the administration, named the AD, named the president, his players. Um, That's something that Gary Pinkle did when he came in. I recall interviewing Gary Pinkle— Uh, right out here, as a matter of fact, at uh, at 270 in Manchester when he had his introduction to the St. Louis, I believe, Missouri Quarterback Club, I believe it's what it was, and did a one-on-one with him that night. I think it was December 2000. And he really struggled with leaving Toledo. Mm -hmm. And he had a tough time with it because he really cared about the people, even though it was Toledo, which, you know, going from Toledo to a Big 12 at the time school seemed like a no-brainer. But he had really invested there. And, yeah, he was there longer than Dennis Gates was at Cleveland. I'm not at Cleveland State. I'm not saying that that means, okay, well, then that is a trait that will lead to success on the floor at all. I'm just – I think it's a mark of character. Sure. Sure that you don't just go, okay, that was a stop on my way and Missouri's a stop on my way and until I get to, you know, take your pick of whatever blue blood college basketball program, these people are just agents for which me to get the greatest job I can possibly get. I think that's a mark of character and I like that. And I remember thinking when I was interviewing Gary Pinkle, not that he spent a bunch of time on Toledo, but that he really spent time with his players and then when he came to st louis and talked and i think in his opening media co- press conference in columbia went out of his way to thank toledo because without his success at toledo he wouldn't have had the opportunity at missouri and i think that's what dennis gates was getting at yesterday yeah it may not have been delivered you know like jfk or something like that yeah. and i get what you're saying that you know sometimes he rambled on sure. but when it's all said and done he's not there to be a great speaker at the very least he has some personality and some energy for and sure. that's been lacking energy, for that's sure. been that's been lacking right. And so that is a good thing to see. Uh Um, I'm anxious to see—I really am anxious to see how it plays out. I know with the transfer portal news last night, who went into the portal last night? Because he had
2: Aiden Shaw announce that he's— Right. Brookshire went in earlier this, like, uh, week and a half ago. I don't know. I I apologize. I don't know who went in yet last night.
1: Um, Brazil and—
2: Oh, yeah. uh, Brazil went in from—he's Kickapoo— um, right teammates with anton it, brookshire it wasn't
1: just the other but that was the biggest that was the bigger yeah. one but two and it, now the, the thing with that is they made that decision before yes. yesterday yes understandably it looks bad right understand because right. when i saw that i saw gabe power of power mizzou tweet that i'm like oh my goodness he met with the players and a few hours later they announced they're going to the portal that's not the way that it actually wound up yeah you have to submit for that, and then it just got announced yesterday. Right. So any Missouri fan seeing that and going, yeah, you you might like what, what he's doing, but the players clearly weren't impressed. That was done beforehand. So right. that's, a, that's an important little distinction there. Either way, when it's all said and done, it's judged by what takes place on the floor. But I thought that was an illustration of character to make sure that he spent some time. That wasn't, I didn't think that was lip service. I thought it was sincere. Sure. And then I think it's important to talk about um, – you know, dreaming big, winning an SEC championship, winning yeah. a, and winning a national championship. Um, so I'm I'm looking forward to at least believing that there is a chance for success. Whereas when things when they lost to Kansas City earlier this year, I'm like, oh my yeah, goodness, we're, d- is we're just hard. waiting for when Conzo Martin is terminated and who the new head coach is. But candidly, there's no way in the world I thought the new head coach was going to come from Cleveland State. All right, we got a break. Come back with. So What'd your grandma think? This is balloon party at 101 News.
0: We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Sometimes the media asks bad questions like. Congratulations. Um, Congratulations. I lost. You lost? Yes. Oh. Or. What went through your mind when you were told that the contract was done? What's And when that happens, players will fire back. I mean, are you looking to get into a pissing match with you and I? Yeah, Bryce, can that's you... my own question, bro. Now it's time for... So what's your grandma think? Yes. Uh,
2: what do we have here? So you, you're not going to like this, but you referred to your interview with Pinkle, December of 2000. December of 2000. Right. So I'll take you 11 months before that. Of course you will. To January of 2000. Yeah, at least it's in this millennium. <laughs> to the uh, Sugar Bowl... Corey Moore, that name sound familiar? Edge Rusher for Virginia Tech, played with Michael Vick. <laughs>
1: no, it doesn't. I <laughs> like how you like try to set it up, though, as if-
2: it's yeah, think, uh, A listener sent me this. He said he would love to hear this. Okay, on Twitter, we're, ta- no, we're
1: not taking requests like you're a wedding DJ. That's right, that's right.
2: right.
0: Shout. Corey, I'll start off with an easy one. What are you planning on doing tonight? You gonna celebrate?
4: Celebrate for what?
0: New Year's
4: Eve, man. I don't give a damn about New Year's. I got to come down here to win a national championship. I don't care less about the new millennium. Crap. Standing in the hotel, just like the whole team. We're standing in the hotel. Nobody's going out. Next question. How you guys been handling the media coverage? You guys. I don't. I mean, you you guys aren't going to win win for us. Who cares? I mean, you guys write your little story. You like to write write stuff. Write what I'm saying down. I don't care. You like the right stuff? How you doing, Randy? Hey, man,
0: what's
4: up? I don't, I don't care. You guys aren't going to win for us. You guys aren't going to play for us. That's a stupid question. Next question. Did you got your game face on earlier? I always have my it? game face on. I don't particularly care about this city too much. I'm not too excited about being here right now. I'm not too excited about you guys got all these cameras in my face. Next question. One more question, I'm out of here. you talk about Chris Blanke. Um I particularly don't care to talk about him right now. You want to write a story? Write about how I dissed you guys. Get the hell out of my face.
2: Man, I'm a big fan of that guy. <laughs> Corey Moore. Uh, the question By of, the way, that
1: means that was from 1999.
2: January 2000 what well, I'd read.
1: Well, he was talking about what I'm going to do on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. So it was not from this millennium.
2: No, yeah. Boy. So you're keeping your track record red hot. Mike Ryder's laughing at me. But uh, the question <laughs> of. Uh, you have your game face on. <laughs> it's an all-time... And yeah, that needs to now be rolled into the intro, <laughs> that, that a new, is... a,
1: a, yet another new intro. Man, I'm a big fan of that guy, and I'd never heard that one before. Right, Corey, yeah. Because uh, essentially he's saying what every single one of them most of the time is thinking.
2: Absolutely. And absolutely.
1: he just vocalized it. He lost his inner monologue.
2: Yeah, All-American at Virginia Tech, edge Rusher, and he's, you got your game face on? I always got my game face on. <laughs> Nephew guys, nephew <laughs> guys. That's so good. Right, that's
1: outstanding.
2: Yeah, let's get him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> He's not doing much, uh,
1: uh All right, we got to shut it down. BK and Ferrari are up next. There is uh, Tyreek talk that I have a feeling you're going to be hearing about with BK. Tyreek talk is going to be the name of their show today. <laughs> uh, this has been uh, the Balloon Party on 101 ESPN.